Um, this is Kaylin and Tom, who I met, um, the first time I actually saw you guys was a couple months ago, you were playing at License Number One, and I fell sort of madly in love with your music. And then um, I remembered that I had friends who told me about a group similar to you playing at Capitol, and then I went up and asked you. I had no idea if it really was you, and it turned out it was, and then we had all these mutual friends. Um, and went out and saw you guys fairly recently again at License Number One, and thought you two are pretty cool people. We got to hear, Marshall and I got to hear some stories about you traveling and uh, meeting, and it seemed like really interesting, sort of unique stories, and so I thought it'd be really cool to talk to you guys about it. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. Thank you. you. <laughs> We're flattered. <laughs> um, so I guess, how did you guys start in music? I started when I was very young, but uh, kind of quit because of the judgmental side of it. I was going to um, like vocal assessments as a young child, and I think that that kind of tainted the music world for me. I didn't want it to be about judgment. I wanted it to just be about passion and like enjoying myself. But oh, I <laughs> when I was really little, I just would memorize everything I liked. Like song-wise, I just memorize the words in the line, and it, from like an early age, my brain still works exactly the same way. That's like, it starts at the beginning of a tune or a string of lyrics or a string of melodies or sections, and it ends at the end of it or <laughs> it makes up itself along the way. But like the whole like linear memorizing thing made it so like I knew I needed to do something with that, and then now when I was like 12, I found uh, my mom's guitar in a closet and I started like trying to play like the same riff for like three years and then I got some lessons then I kept playing and my grandma's like you need singing lessons I can't even bear the standing hips on your voice <laughs> so and and I found out that's what she did to my aunt who's now a professional opera singer she like she went and saw her playing at like a at a little club playing for tips and she's just like you should take that tip money and get some singing lessons. <laughs> so, she was an honest yeah. lady. <laughs> Very honest. Yeah. Honest could be good. But when we met, uh, Tom had already been performing in front of other people, and that made it a lot easier for me to perform with him in front of other people instead of by myself, which was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys just break out music anywhere now. You yeah. got to that hat shop, and there was like no no waste in time before you started singing. It's just a part of life. Yeah, she took the car out of the case, and Gam's already carrying her washboard around in plain position. It's very little that has to be done. But you guys were entertainers, though. Like, uh, you're very comfortable performing, even in that little intimate like shop like that. And you're, you know, some people are. I'm not much of an entertainer. I'm a better like listener than a talker. I don't like too much attention. But you guys are. It seemed like you're really up, like good at it and comfortable with it. And like, is that even? Do you even think about it, or are you just in your own world? When we're learning, uh, like, when we're trying to talk to people on the microphone, <laughs> it's almost a bust every yeah, single time. We try and make jokes and no one laughs. And <laughs> yeah, like one time we, we tried to plan something, <laughs> and that was a huge fail. You can't go planning what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and then... We should probably script things, but, yeah. um, but <laughs> playing music for people is easy because... It, you can tell when they're enjoying themselves, and then we just ignore the people who aren't enjoying themselves. <laughs> and the cool thing about playing old-time music is you can pretend to be time bandits, and you can pretend to be mute when you're not singing, so you can just be like, 
wandering into a place playing old time music, looking kind of old timey, and then don't say anything. Like we're an installation or something. <laughs> like, no, that creates a lot of like mystery. Look at this really it's cool really one. not on purpose. It's just out of necessity. It's like, <laughs> so awkward. That it's no, no okay, I, mean, I would feel the same. I do feel the same way. <laughs> I wish I had that to back myself up. Well, same. But I'm not gonna talk. <laughs> but then there's awkward moments where it's like, if we didn't know what to say, that it would really help. <laughs> no matter how mysterious we think we're being. Like. <laughs> so, how did the two of you meet? I was uh, working at this cafe that I'd been working at for a couple of years, and uh, I saw some jazz music happening right in front of the window I was waiting tables at, so every time I had some free time I would go and listen to it, and stopped him when he came in, and that was my last day, I was going to go to California after that, and, um, he was going to go on tour, and instead the tour got cancelled, so he asked if he could jump on my ship. <laughs> what was your reaction? Uh, at first, I was like, Fear. "I'm gonna have to call you back tomorrow because I just met you, and this is, this is I don't know." <laughs> Here's my number. Yeah. yeah. And then I called him and said, "Of course you can come with me. I don't know what it, like. It's not that big of a deal. It was just." That's really cool. <laughs> and you hadn't sang before. I know you said you did music before, but. Did you sing growing up, or was that that was a different thing, right? I sang until I was about thirteen, when I decided that it was just too much, like too much assessment yeah. and not enough enough joy. So you did sing before. It. Yeah. Okay. I was just terrified to sing in front of anyone. <laughs> Girl Street helps. Yeah. Walk around, you know. There's you see all walks of life in terms of performing, and it's like really com. I don't know. There's not like a. A pressure you just kind of set up and play and we did, I think that's when we first started playing music was on pro oh, friend awesome. Tim walked by like, one of the, like <laughs> yeah. the second time we ever played music together and yeah, just come come jam yeah. yeah. in my office and we'll make a little video did you know that she could sing when you guys met oh we were listening to Billie Holiday in the car and I heard her singing along and I was like you can do that <laughs> 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 all right let's start learning things that's holy really shit cool. Did you know how to play wa the, the washboard? No, I, I recently picked up the washboard at an antique store, well, almost exactly a year ago now. And um, the girl from Elephant Revival plays with a snare on her, so I attached yeah. that and I watched a few videos and just kind of play a simple rhythm behind Tom. Makes it easier for him to solo also. So I play the kazoo a little, a little bit too. I'm kind of a kazoo professional. <laughs> Secretly a banjo player. That's what you should really have on your business card, kazoo professional. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I have a book all about classical kazooing. Is that? Yeah, there's... <laughs> it has uh, terms that you can use into the kazoo that make a different sound. It has like sound. John Philip Sousa marches arranged for multiple part kazoos. If <laughs> 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 you ever want to hear some like epic military marches and stuff like performed by like a whole kazoo orchestra, orchestra. Of kazoos, I have a book that could arrange everything for us. All we'd have to do is open it and get kazoos. <laughs> wow, I would want to guess that. So, you guys were on your way to California, and you were crossing through Boulder, or how did you end up in Boulder? <laughs> uh, we, we were either going to, we had another friend in the car, this guy KJ, and we were like, 
he wanted to go to Colorado Springs. I had a friend in Boulder who said we could stay with them. He had a friend there. And just by like the route we took, we ended up in Boulder. And we were going to stay for one night. And then she's just like, you should stay for two weeks and play music everywhere. And we were just, we just did that. We couldn't and, help yeah, it. Yeah, we couldn't help it. We were the like, mountains yeah. are so beautiful. And Pearl Street, there's nothing like Pearl Street. There's New Orleans, which has every street you can perform on, but it's more intimate here, where, and there's more of a variety of different kinds of performers here that we really like. So yeah, there's so much bluegrass. There's so much stuff that we don't do at all, like touch at all here, like the styles of music we don't play. So there's so much to learn. Like in New Orleans, it, it's the same way, but that in, in the style we play, there that is like that is the spot. There's like so many people who play it: swing music, blues music, traditional styles, funk, all of the stuff that we love. And it's kind of cool to be like influenced by it, but a little, or not right, like directly immersed in it. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I don't know, to bring it to a different place, like That's remote right. New Orleans <laughs> communication, I don't know. So it helps being in Boulder because there's less of what you guys do so you guys can stand out from the crowd? Kind of, I yeah, think people sure. have a greater appreciation for our ability to do it because not very many people our age in this area do it. There are a lot of older folks that play this music and we've been blessed to play with them also, but... Uh, there's very few young swing musicians here, and uh, I think people appreciate when the younger generation can get together with the older generation and just like connect it all. <laughs> it's kind of cool just to like know, like New Orleans, like the place is like kind of a feeling. It's like less of a place, like if you have it in your mind, so music can kind of like. I know you, the goal is kind of sometimes to like make that feeling happen in a new place. Just like you know, not not necessarily the competition is like the the benefit of that, but just like this street doesn't see this too often. Let's <laughs> give this a go, or like, I don't know. Uh, just kind of, I really like the bluesy uh, influences on, in your music. Like I, you hear a lot of bluegrass, but just the uh, the older like blues sounds that you hear. Like, could you talk about Robert Johnson for a minute? Like. I don't know. I, I had a professor in college who uh, was just nuts about Robert Johnson and, and old blues, and so, like, what do you, what do you, I know I noticed that quote that you had about him, it was pretty cool. Oh, shoot. It was, wait, no, don't say it. <laughs> okay, ooh, you don't have to, I love Robert Johnson. Oh, he's a really great storyteller and a really great guitarist, like, doing things that, like, it's hard to even imagine to do, not because they're particularly, like, incredibly complicated, but uh, they're just so different than any style of guitar playing that people would play today. Like, um, and he, there's so many Delta Blues musicians like him who are, just have this amazing style of using the whole guitar. And they're like, like using like what, they had their guitar, banjo, or slide, or whatever it was, but they, they used the whole instrument, and they used their whole voice, and like, every bit of their like, I don't know, the, the emotional sense of it, like, the blues is a style where it's not so much about the scales and the chords and more about, like, the emotion oh, yeah. behind each note, and uh, he was, like... How did you even really get that exposure, that. though? Did one of some of your family members, like... Well, if you start tracing back their, like, pop and rock music you yeah, like... Yeah, it all goes right there. Yeah, it all ends up there, or it, it, before that, or wherever, you know, like... It, I think the music history piece is, like, what makes the, the learning easier, because you just, like... You hear someone, like, like for instance, I, I really like rock bands, and then you get into a, a jam band, and then a jam band, you look, look at, oh, who do they listen to? Oh, they listen to these jazz people. And, like, right. You start to appreciate the jazz more. Like, you start to, like, find all these little sub-genres, and, like, 
you know, you trace it back. Like, the who did roots. they listen to? Who did they listen to? Yeah. Who did they listen to? And Robert Johnson did somewhere along the way there, in like some house. And those guys, Monty Johnson. And are you coming from a different place, or did you did you like that stuff a little bit growing up too? I don't know who Robert Johnson is, but if you played <laughs> if you played the song for me, I probably know one or two by him and could recognize the song. But um, I mostly did like Billie Holiday and Squirrel Nut Zippers, Ella Fitzgerald, Etta James. I really liked those soulful female singers my whole life. Who, who decided on your influences to put both The Doors and Jim Morrison? You know, like, someone really likes The Doors or really likes Jim Morrison. Is that either <laughs> of you guys? Did we put that? See, yeah, this is, oh man, we gotta update our website. <laughs> 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 I, I grew up listening to The Doors. Oh, shit. Like Hendrix and stuff, oh, so. I think, uh, for me, I, I separated out a little bit because, like, well, I mean, Jim Morrison, you could argue that him and Raymond's are, they're like, the doors, like, they're really cool chords, and then they're really cool poetry, and dark poetry with the Sinatra tone, and, like, they have that, like, cool fucking The poetry sweet. was Jim Morrison's, that's why I view it as a separate thing. Yeah. The doors was more the keyboardist, right, yeah. that wrote the music? Yeah, the yeah, he, would, he could really, like, find a niche words. for Morrison's talent, he could, like find cool chords that created that dark feeling too because like at the time in the 60s everyone's playing these like really major happy things about love and stuff and then like Jim Morrison comes out of nowhere with this like dark beautiful poetry but with this like I don't know suave tone and stuff and like I think the keyboard player is like ooh that needs some dark chords behind that or like you know <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. Our original music is more dark dream space. You get stuck in your head so bad, or in a good way, <laughs> but uh, it does, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really, but it's, yeah, you want to like hum it or sing it to yourself throughout the day. Like hypnotic. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> we have some, some stranger stuff that we've been working on lately that we're going to use a lot of electronic sounds and really like, or like not electronic produced sounds, but like to the the feels and textures and stuff with uh, acoustic instruments and just recording techniques and stuff. We'd really love to be a part of an electronic swing band. <laughs> I'd be so that. Yeah. 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 So Caravan yeah. Palace. We're gonna do it. We yeah. I know the people. They are like, so wonderful. <laughs> it's They have a clarinet and they perform on stage, they dance and do all of this gymnastic stuff and there's one guy who kind of tweaks the instruments electronically as they're playing and they're very tight, like together, and the electronic swing stuff I think could be taken a little further. We'd love to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, we know some players who are interested in it and have tried it and stuff, and we have some ideas of like what we could bring to the table that kind of change like what other people ideas other people have. That's, I'm so excited. The like, same thing with merging uh, the young generation with the older generation because. The younger generation obviously likes a lot of electronic music. That's what's popular right now. That's what a lot of people are making. And then the swing should never die because it makes people dance and so happy. My father went nuts when he heard Caravan Palace. He's like, I can see how the kids would like this. I like this. <laughs> and so I, I took that as like a really good sign. I'm like, okay, dance beats and just like old time swing music improved by my dad and I trust his musical opinions. So I'm just I like it. Did you guys both have like musical that? families? Mm, my like my grandmother sung in church 
but uh, never took it farther than that. I think my family kind of viewed art as something that was very difficult to make any money on. So I kind of grew up thinking that also, that um, if I wanted to do art or music, it would probably end up being a hobby because my mother was, a, she drew and did ceramics, but never took it very far because she, she knew that she had to raise children and I wanted to make sure that I could do that, like, before I settled on a life, so. Yeah. But they're, they're talented. <laughs> just didn't go as far as they should have with it, I think. Uh, I think I come from, like, a family of, like, music appreciators in my, like, immediate family. And then my great-grandfather and great-grandmother were professional jazz music, jazz slash it was called sweet music, what they played, which was um, like jazz tunes before they had any syncopation to them. So they were very um, honky sounding. <laughs> but like the same tunes, like yeah. a, a tune that's like, I found a new baby. They'd sing as, I found a new baby. <laughs> so like, in, like they didn't have the same like syncopation as the style that I listened to, but that's what my great grandparents played. Um, really cool. In northern Wisconsin and Chicago and stuff, and uh, but and then they didn't really pass that down. My grandfather didn't play. My my grandmother didn't play. My dad was forced to take piano lessons, and he's pretty good at that. And then but and uh, from my mom's side, uh, my mom isn't a musician. She plays some guitar and sings. But my um uh, my uh, like uncles and aunts are all different walks of life singers. Uh, Violin. Violin, yeah, classical violinist, my uncle, and then uh, my also like all my cousins play violin. <laughs> I have like four younger cousins, and they're all really good at violin. Wow! So like it's definitely like we put like a huge importance on music in our family, but my direct relatives are very musical. It's cool. Sorry. <laughs> Wish I had more music in my family. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I would hear my mom saying in the car. That was about it. <laughs> That's, uh, so you guys are planning on like staying in Boulder for a while, or or war? And you have shows coming up too. Yeah, talk talk to us about well, we, that. We can't we can't quote us on that we're staying in war, but <laughs> well, it's not official. Uh, we'll, We'll possibly. <laughs> we will probably be doing community and art events in Ward and in the mountain towns. Uh, we really like the smaller communities up there. Um, but we play weekly at the Boulderado Hotel at license number one where you saw us. And that's the old catacombs. I, I heard that a lot of people just call it ex-catacombs. Ex <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to remember well, the mean, name. <laughs> moral of the story is people are always there, though. So yeah. They did a good job of transitioning to like a It's more of a really type. Yeah. You know, I, it's really cool because, I don't know, just to see that there's, there's still like a huge crowd of people that come there. And I, and there's a beautiful low lighting, and I think the jazz really puts people into the feeling of the Boulderado, because it's one of the oldest buildings in the whole town. I think 1901 is when the liquor bar started that we play at, and uh, like Louis Armstrong played there back in the day, so I think they're trying to bring back the life of what was once a really cool underground jazz bar. Yeah, I feel like license number one is very different than what catacombs used to be. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. And 
Do you have any other? Uh, like The Trident? Aren't you guys playing with the Trident? Or no? We oh, played man, there last year at the Bouldering Pool. We gotta update our website. Yeah, but that would be cool. I've never seen anybody <laughs> play at the Trident, so like... I was wondering how that worked. The Bouldering Poets um, rents out space every month, and um, it's kind of an open poetry reading. They have one one band that showcases, one poet that showcases, and then it's open mic for the rest of the night for poets. And um, a girl heard us playing up in Netherlands and invited us to play there at the Trident, where they had been doing the Bouldering Poets. I didn't know there was a Trident. There's a Trident in Net, huh? Oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, oh, okay. She cool. saw us at a different cafe in Netherlands. Yeah, she was playing an event there. And then what was that hotel in uh, Estes that you guys... The Stanley. We that must have been... the Stanley How sometimes. We'll be there on the 31st. Yeah, we're playing the 31st with uh, our quartet. It's a brunch, but uh, it's really neat. It's just... It's that theme yeah. that I really enjoy. When we're playing jazz, it just brings me <laughs> back to this time that I must have experienced mm -hmm. in the previous life or something, but um, the Stanley Hotel it has the same atmosphere, it's dark colors and dark woods and low lighting. And Sometimes they put us on the patio, it's really sunny and it's like a fountain and a bunch of people eating their lunches and stuff. And it's, it's, sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's very just like, ooh, an atmosphere for this. <laughs> People cool. like having their brunch. <laughs> what is it like to know that you guys can just start playing somewhere and you have people come up to you saying, hey, it would be awesome if yeah, you guys nuts. played for us, you know, here at this hat shop or if you wanted to come play at this work co-working space or if you wanted to play <laughs> at this coffee shop. It sounds like a lot of your gigs just, just people coming yes. up to you. Yeah. If we have one solid gig that like is like a you know, we can rely on every week, then everything else we can just say yes to. <laughs> <That's kinda Yeah. laughs> During the week, we're mostly free, so it, we love to meet new people. We don't know very many people around here, so anytime someone comes up to us, we always try and connect with them and bring it a little further. Does it help boost your like confidence in your music, knowing that people are stopping whatever they're doing and saying, come play for us? <laughs> that feels really good. I think that the self criticism is the thing that's, that like shines beyond that, so that's something that we have to overcome within ourselves, but it really helps to have other people tell us <laughs> how they feel about it, because um, we're not often telling ourselves all of the positive things that we should be, so to hear it from other people is, it helps us a whole lot. You just lot. mirror back the excitement, <laughs> yeah. is, you know, and like see how it progresses into something else like if we were playing at a hat shop or just hanging out like going on a hike with some people that's our you know it, it's just it all kind of just pans out and we hope to help <laughs> those people too who come up to us and like want to maybe have an event or a party or something that we could add to and we'd love to do that <laughs> a lot of local musicians reach out to us and, and play with us just uh we all like we'll meet on the street and jam with like a mandolinist or something. Just big groups thrown together. <laughs> Take a musician camping with us. Just like, it, hey, let's learn some tunes together. Is it easy to like randomly collaborate like that? To just yeah. all start playing together? It's especially easy when there are uh, people experienced in swing music because there's like we we got maybe like 40, 45, 50 swing standards we draw from in the set and maybe about twenty of them are like really well known amongst musicians, so Depending on the musician, sometimes they'll just they'll know every bit of the song instantly, be able to pour their own like soul into it and all that already because they know the the details. Um, and then sometimes it's fun to teach people new styles. They're not 
and we'll, like play some things that are a little easier to pick up on at first and we'll yeah we're snowball. fortunate to know some really talented people and we just end up running into them <laughs> <laughs> yeah boulder's great it's like, the beauty yeah. of boulder <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh man, we should really hang out. Oh, there he is. Okay, cool. <laughs> jam. That's awesome. I like and, that. Uh, it stops happening once you start like really like develop developing a friendship with that person. You see them all the time. It's funny. It's like now you're able to actually make plans and see this yep. person. But before that, you were just kind of randomly thrown into the same spot as them like so often that it's yep. like the universe just like, pushes you together. Be friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Boulder's a kind of a, like hub for that, I feel. So, uh, like people in Boulder or other projects that you're just that are like so like inspirational for you guys or uh, anyone that's really opened the door here to like get you in or. Oh, we have yeah, we could drop some names right now. Yeah, well, the Gorin Hat Company, had, the Gorin Brothers, they have. Uh, they they give us beautiful hats and we just <laughs> we just m make people dance in their store while they're wearing hats. And the final hat helps in all walks of life. Yeah. Who doesn't need a good hat? Um, who else? Oh, of course, the Boulderado has helped us out a whole lot. Um, they really like our music and they thought that we could do something for them. And um, there's some more experienced musicians who. Um, especially uh, in particular, in particular, a guy named David Williams. He's an incredible songwriter. He's Great worked, gypsy guitarist. He's an incredible gypsy jazz guitar player. So he's kind of a, like a mentor for me. I could, he's, he's David studied, Williams. Um, David yeah, Williams. He wrote um, a bunch of songs for a children's show on PBS and Little Green Rabbit. Or, or, I don't know. I think it's called Little Green Rabbit. It was a, but a children's show, and he wrote all these like really awesome like crossover like swing songs that are written about like. A lot of them are like jungle animals or about something like that. Like stuff that kids can really like. There's a song like about a chameleon that's like, You're gonna change on me. Oh, oh yes, you will. <laughs> so clever. Yeah, he's got all these like cool kind of crossover things, so he can entertain anyone from like, you know, so it's really inspiring to, to meet him. And uh, he's so spontaneous and just such a friendly person, but we, uh, we've been playing and he's like, Hey, why don't you hop on my gigs? Why don't you guys, you know, back me up on some stuff? And we learn some of his songs. and. It's been really fun, and, and he just up and left to Spain because he, he also paints, and he made all these paintings, and he sold them, and somehow finagled a, a free ride to Spain. He's a, he's a professor. <laughs> yeah, he got a free ride to Spain. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a, a professor CEO at person. the Colorado University. He's an English professor. Um, gosh, I'd love to take a course with him. Yeah. But another Williams who has helped us. <laughs> Tim Williams, of course, at the Capital um, Design Team. Uh, he's invited us for events. He's uh, he's scheduled multiple times to have us videotaped and recorded in some of the yeah, most beautiful places beautiful we've been, and and it seems that he's just so connected around here that we're blessed that he noticed us and wanted us to be a part of his life because he's helped us in countless ways. We kind of the first time we were out here, we, we met him like. Yeah, two days after performing on the street, he caught one of our performances on the street, and he stopped us. He's like, "I'm learning to play guitar. Like, play a song for me right now." And I was just like, "Yes, of come back later. Will. I'll record you. Can I just do anything for you? Because I'm a great person." <laughs> yes. Yeah, also, really nice uh, the Bramble and Hare has helped us a lot. They're attached to the Black Cat Restaurant. They're a farm-to-table restaurant. Um, they gave us the okay to go in there and play anytime we want, put out a tip jar, and like bring any musicians we want. 
and they've just been so incredibly kind to us. Um, and we'll continue to play there as much as we can. And uh, who else? I know we've been helped by so many here. Do you find Boulder to be different with other places that you played in terms of like people who want to help you out? I haven't really, you know, not being in the music scene or really even the, the traveling scene that you guys have been in, I don't know how, how it compares to uh, other places. That's a, that's a kind of cool question because I, 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 that's a part of the reason why we're out here is like what we were speaking about, smooth, like meeting people kind of randomly by chance. Uh, it kind of cuts to the chase of like people getting to know each other, playing music together, and all these like connections happen a lot quicker here than like you meet someone you know at, at a bar that you're playing maybe once, and the, the town isn't very connected where we're from, so it's very hard to like you know to really follow through with plans. Everyone's very busy, and I think there's more uh, freedom here. It seems amongst people. Like, I think also there, the scene is bigger for musicians. There's more places for musicians to play, whether it's paid or not, and regardless people are going to be there and see you perform uh, I think that where we're from not a lot of people go out for live music um, for some reason I'm not really the busiest sure. bars are the ones that don't have music and Albany New York is where we played most times so we um, we ended up working just at one particular speakeasy and only playing there um, and you know you, you meet like one or two people in a night you know a lot of like very like a lot of like kind of business oriented people come in there. They have their meeting and they leave, and you're just like a backdrop. And uh, it was it's very we were so blessed for that experience too. But there's very few places like that there. Whereas here, it seems every restaurant is like maybe music could be a good idea. You know, like maybe this could help us or like the businesses are very open minded here. So if you yeah. pitch them an idea, then you're likely to follow. They're more willing to it. take a risk on us than like um, certain, you know. I think that's that's really helpful. That's, like, I think is a good word. People understand that, like taking risks uh, on the music. In Albany, they view it, it could be a risk to their business because if they pay you and no one comes, then uh, they can't do anything really for you. So um, there are some businesses there though that will stick it out through it all. Uh, like Bobby T's is a very unexpected bar in Albany but they helped <laughs> us a lot yeah because it's a sports yeah, bar really but sports they bar. they had us play jazz there and it was really wonderful but you wouldn't expect us yeah. to be at a sports bar <laughs> <laughs> so people wouldn't go in the sports bar looking for jazz music uh, <laughs> but Boulder's good in that way because all the businesses are very open if they don't have music it's possible to just pitch it to them yeah. too and I there's a kind of a confidence we have here that don't really have there because everyone's, I mean, people, it's a, a more, way more depressed city, so people are, you know, a little tighter with their money than they're going to, like, entertainment? i got to pay my fucking rent, what are you talking about? How can I entertain the people in my bar? I'm giving them drinks, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, I'm going to get this room until, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, 2.30, <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's trying to come in here, but Banshee Tree. Yeah, Tom, awesome. Kaylin. Check them out. What's Thanks your What's your website? BansheeTree.com. BansheeTreeMusic.com. BansheeTreeMusic.com. BansheeTree.com was taken. So was that BansheeTreeMusic.com. BansheeTreeMusic.com. Whatever they are out there, you just wonder if it's for sale. Maybe they're just selling. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks.